Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. I have the lovely Anne Cotterell here with me for episode 147. How are you doing, Anne? I'm doing great, thanks, Darren. 147, eh? <laughs> Climbing. I'm, I'm due to do my 150th very soon with a great digital marketer and a good friend of mine, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Fantastic. Um, right. Now, for everybody out there, we have some really interesting stuff to tackle today. How to reclaim your personal parenting powers. Anne is a leadership expert, developmental coach and facilitator and founder of the Parents Leading Program. She's deeply passionate about developing parents as leaders in family and career and supporting parents to be role models that grow resilient, thriving kids. Having created her own personal journey as a parent, executive leader and entrepreneur, she is well aware of what it means to navigate competing work-family demands and the undeniable importance of parental role modeling in growing resilient kids. The purpose of Anne's work is to move parents from just surviving to thriving in family, work and relationships, including fully supporting the return to work transition. A self-development junkie by nature, Anne loves coffee, chats, spending time with her beloved family, friends, her greyhound Ellie, and she's also an avid gardener. So, when Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Darren. It's lovely to be here. I have my greyhound Ellie on the couch. She's fast asleep at the moment. She'll probably stay there for most of the day. Oh, that's good. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that Ellie's into podcasts as well. That's good to hear. <laughs> So, Anne, I mean, what a great um, thing that you're doing and, you know, a great um, initiative. And I'd love to learn more about, you know, the whole story behind it all. So maybe yeah. give us a little bit of a, a little snapshot into how this all came about and, you know, why you do what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that sounds wonderful. Look, um, it's all started if I take myself back um, even 25 years because really the bulk of my um, career and my, my, my growth in, in terms of leading myself and others was, was back during that time. Um, from a very young age, I had this deep interest and passion in developing people, developing others. And um, it was really during that time uh, that I was, I, I actually started my career in the medical technology sector. Wow. Um, I've done every role under the sun, I think, from supervisory right up to executive leadership level. And it was during that time that I became a parent, actually, to two beautiful boys. I've got oh. a 12-year-old and 13-year-old. Um, and for me, what was really interesting uh, was my personal experience around becoming a parent and then the return to work transition and then realizing that you know the transitions continue and they've really continued right throughout my journey as a parent as my career's grown um, as my kids have grown and so what really hit me like a ton of bricks was um, that juggle between you know work family demands really trying to sustain that and in a way sustaining that meant really background in my needs and I wasn't great at supporting myself yeah so what I noticed through you know my own interactions with parents um, as a coach as a as a mentor as a leader was that my story was very much a familiar one 
Um, so I wasn't alone in that picture. Yep. And there wasn't a lot of support around at that time. It was really just emerging in, into organisations, um, you know, this idea of supporting parents. Um, and so what I've realised, and even looking at a lot of the statistics today around workplace burnout, Australia's a global leader in workplace burnout. I Is mean, that right? Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our statistics are 6% above the global average. Um, wow. You know, more than two-thirds of working parents are experiencing um, stress and burnout and struggling to sustain their own well-being. Do you think that's because the cost of living in Australia is so high compared to the rest of the world? I, mean, I think that's a really interesting question. Yes, there seems to be a zero-sum game in all of that and, yeah. and the culture that we live in is one of, you know, one that's quite materialistic, one that's quite perfectionistic and, um, you know, there's this balance of um, us wanting more uh, as a society and needing to be seen to have it um, to really uh, sustain our own value and worth as, as individuals. Yep. Um, but also that can bite us on the bum a bit when it comes to um, managing our energy levels and supporting ourselves. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the other aspect of that is that both parents also want to work these days. And so it's about... Uh, and that's great for our economy too. Um, the more people um, we can get into the workforce, the more, uh, um, you know, women as well that we can grow into more senior roles in careers. We we create, that's great role modelling too for our future generations. So, Oh, I 100% agree. And I think, and you're right. I mean, like even me, like I, I, I'm single, but I've, you know, the the, me, the needs of tech, with technology these days and the day-to-day, -day, it's just every day you just find you're doing more and more and more and because technology is becoming more and more efficient all we do is fill the space with something else and so before you know it we're just our days are just crazy from beginning to end and as you say you know if you have kids it's probably not not much time left you're absolutely right and you know what is has been really interesting with some of the um, parents I've been working with at the moment, um, even with this workplace flexibility that we've been able to obtain through through COVID, which has, you know, benefited many people, but also the story that I'm hearing a lot of is um, people are working more, they're actually working yeah. long hours and this is coming out in the research and while, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't need to catch that train um, to and from work. I get to save a couple of hours in a day. Yep. Actually catching that train um, has some benefits because it gives us downtime. 100%. Um, and, and when we are moving from uh, work day uh, to actually then uh, being a parent and, and um, being with our children, being with our family, there's no in-between and that's mm. becoming stressful and that's creating overwhelm. So true. And you need it. You almost need that time before and after to kind of transition from work person or work hat to family hat or family hat to work hat. And if it's all just, if it flows on seamlessly without the one, one next to the other without any break, it's almost just burnout. It's just out of control. It is, and it actually is the road to burnout. And, and here's the thing, what I notice is happening is as parents, we're not learning to listen to ourselves. Mm. In fact, it's almost as though um, listening to ourselves, sitting down, having a cup of tea, being in silence, yep. um, being with ourselves, 
actually almost has a fear factor to it. Yep. Um, yeah, if I'm not on the go, if I'm not doing, who am I? Yep. And, um, you, and you also feel guilty. Like, right. And, stop for an hour and I'm not doing it. I'm like, oh my God, I should be doing something. I feel guilty because I'm so used to working at that kind of pace. It's crazy. Absolutely. And guilt is is all on behalf of others. It's yeah. us in relation to others. Exactly. And so there's, and, and it's interesting when we talk about, um, you know, uh, stepping into our power as parents, that's all about responsibility. And, and so there's a responsibility for us as parents to actually have that cup of tea, to sit yeah. down and to listen to ourselves and, Often not doing that is is avoiding those feelings of guilt, is avoiding the emotions um, that, that are speaking to us, that are wanting to be heard, that are yeah. there to help us to understand ourselves. Yeah, so true. And I suppose if we bring this back to the kids, I mean, what are you finding and what does the research show these days, obviously, that the kids aren't as resilient as they used to be? Right. So this is really uh, interesting uh, because... Uh, when we when we talk about power, we're talking about um, our ability to respond. Mm -hmm. So it's about responsibility in a way. And so responsibility um, is all about enacting within our span of control, mm -hmm. knowing what is within our span of control and knowing what is within our span of influence. Yep. Yep. And so as parents, when we start trying to control what we can merely influence or when we start enacting over-responsibility, and that could be, let me give you a really, really simple example. Yep. Um, when I, uh, you know, do my child's washing for them when they're 13 years old and, and, and really know how to do it themselves, um, what I'm doing is I'm disempowering my child from stepping into their own power, yep. from actually uh, giving them the impetus to experience their will yep. and experience that they can support themselves. And as we, as our, we grow our children, um, you know, we start by, by being very responsible for them because uh, there's not a hell of a lot they can do. But then as they start to grow and develop and, and build their skills, we, we can choose to sit back and let them take risks. When we fear failure as an adult, we uh, unconsciously drive that fear of failure in our children by so not true. giving them, you know, bigger boundaries, not letting them take risks. And so... Um, when we give our children the opportunity to learn through failure, we give them the opportunity to experience self-sufficiency, experience resilience, build self-confidence. All of those things are really related. And when we do that, we also um, enable healthy responsibility as a parent. And, um, and, and, and so that's how we build resilience. And um, there is... In my experience, um, working with parents, there's a lot of guilt um, because there's a lot that um, we put our own expectations of, of needing to be a good parent yeah. or a good enough parent. Right. We get our value from the outside by being seen as good enough by, you know, maybe doing doing all these things for our children when they can do them for ourselves can be a sign of I'm really nurturing my child. Yeah. And also I suppose 
Yeah, and also I suppose um, keeping up with the Joneses as well. You know, if everybody's expecting your child to do this or achieve that or go to this school or go to this university and whatever, yes. you also can you put that pressure on them as well. Yes, and that's a really good point because what happens then is actually and <clears throat> unconsciously we are projecting our own expectations of ourselves onto our children. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm the first to admit that I've, I've experienced that, um, projecting my need for my child to be, be capable in the classroom yeah. was a deep uh, need for me as a child. And so what happens then is we start to shape our children through our own expectations into something we want them to be yep. rather than um, giving them the space uh, to, to shape their own way, find them, find themselves. Yeah. Find out who they really are and what That's they want right. to be. Yeah. And That's what their, their unique gift is for the society and for the world. Exactly. And, and, and finding that unique gift. And so our, our role and our opportunity as parents is it's like a gift we can unwrap, mm -hmm. but we get, they get to unwrap it and they get to reveal it to us and we get to nurture and grow that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's up to parents to protect the gift, but let the gift unwrap itself. Yes, that's right. In a way. I like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm obviously we've spoken in the past and I've heard you talk about the four personal powers right. that parents need. Maybe tell us a bit more about those. Okay, so we all own these four powers and these four powers represent what is within our span of control. Okay, so we all have them and we have two external powers and two internal powers. So our internal powers are what I think what I feel, I control those, no one else controls those, no one else is responsible for those, mm -hmm. right? And our external powers are what I say and what I do. Right. No one else is responsible for what I say and what I do. So true. As a parent, so true. right? Yep. And so when we are uh, accountable and responsible for what, we say, we do, we think, we feel, then we are uh, enacting healthy responsibility. Great. Yep. Almost that, what's that famous saying? You know, we can't control things, but we can control how we respond to things. Exactly. It's kind of the same tone. Exactly. And we can't control our children. We can merely influence. Yep. yep. We can't control as a young baby, um, whether they're going to sleep or whether they're going to cry, we can influence yep. that. Like we, we, we can, um, can facilitate, we can, you know, facilitate that process. Yep. Uh, but when we try to control it, we get frustrated. So we get That's frustrated right. when what we can only influence. Yep. So true. Um, so true. Yeah. So your, a lot of your work is based on these four powers and helping parents to really understand them and use them to the best of their ability. Yes, it is. Um, in, in a way, it's almost uh, every situation that we encounter, we, we are enacting, uh, in a way, our four powers. And, and the thing is here that um, when we're enacting healthy responsibility, we're, respond we're, 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 we're aware of what we are in control of and aware of what we can only influence. Now, 
Um, I can't influence what you say, what you do, what you feel or what you think, right? I can't, sorry, control that. Yep. And it's the same as, um, as, as parents when we, um, when we feel responsible for another person's pain, when we feel responsible for another person's, you know, thinking, um, and this can be in relationships, this can be at work, this can be in relationship with our child, mm-hmm. um, recognising that there are many contexts that influence our parenting, um, we can become over-responsible. And we're over-responsible, we start to be the rescuer. Uh-huh. And so we're trying to rescue people from what they're feeling. So it might be rescuing our child from being angry. Don't be angry or don't be sad. And then the opportunity is rather than rescuing is to uh, sit with that and to uh, support them to understand what is this emotion they're feeling. Um, But before we can even do that with our children, before we can uh, teach emotional awareness and regulation within our children, we need to be able to facilitate that within ourselves. 100%. And so under-responsibility is when, um, you know, when we play the victim. And so an example of that is when is complaining. Now, complaining is um, expecting others to do something about... Uh, is to take action on something that we care for right rather than us taking action towards it ourselves so there's so many different extremes of the same balance and we have to really know what role we're playing to allow us to uh, facilitate resilient in the next generations as well right and so it's about developing our own resilience and and a great example of what i see a lot is parents compromising their boundaries Mm -hmm. compromising on their needs um saying yes when they really want to say no and so why do they do that just pressure Uh, what what why would they be doing that well it's really it's a great question that you ask because it often when we look at the why it goes right back to childhood habits mm-hmm. and you might remember you know as a child maybe yeah. uh, that no wasn't always didn't always come with a positive response that's right <laughs> so so we learned to we learned as children we learned all these safety and protective and love strategies uh-huh. on you know how to keep safe and how to navigate this really complex world in our child's eyes right and what a lot of us learned was that um no wasn't we didn't get a good response with no and so we learned to avoid conflict or we learned to that yes would we receive love or affection or whatever so it's kind of hardwired into us from our childhood it is is we're always looking for the yes response and not the no response it's so true. And so what happens is we're learning this while our personality is developing as a three-year-old, as a four-year-old. And so our brain is developing these neural networks that are informing our mental models of how we yep. see the world, how we play in the world. Yep. And it's like, it's like a bodybuilder building up muscle. And the more we practice it and the more we use it, the more... Um, habitual it becomes until actually it is it becomes our unconscious competence in yeah. a way and we've set up a new neural pathway a new neural yeah. network that we use yeah and so 
We find often that these childhood strategies don't actually work for us as adults in the more complex world of parenting, yep. particularly as working parents. Okay, wow. So, I mean, what, what can parents do then these days to reclaim that if they've lost it? Have you got any tips yeah. for them? Uh, absolutely. And the first, the first tip is, is awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's being aware that we are engaging. So, for example, if, if I'm finding that I'm getting home from work late or I'm working, you know, an extra hour at night, which is really impacting the family time I have, um, because I keep saying yes. Yep. And so it's just starting with the awareness that this is what I'm doing. And so people get this sense that they're doing it, that something's not right. Yeah. But once they get awareness of it, they go, oh, my gosh. Yep. And it's almost like um, we fall into the pothole and then we're aware that we're falling into it and then we're, we're trying to get out of it. We need to keep falling in it a couple more times yep. to start really becoming aware and what I call object to it. So become the observer of our experience. Mm-hmm. And, and rather than judging our experience, going, oh, wow, how crazy, this is really fascinating, I'm really curious about this, we can start to um, catch ourselves before we say yes yeah, yeah. when we mean no. A perfect example is just even, not related to this, but a perfect example is just how we manage our time. Like I'm also, yeah. you know, I'm getting more and more, becoming more and more aware and more conscious of how I structure my day and how much time I give for certain things and how much time I leave between certain things because I don't want to be feeling like everything's just out of control. And that's a perfect example of what we can all do in that the other respect as well. Well, here's, here comes the, the healthy, responsible part is if we can rename it self-management rather than time management. Ah, I like that. Yeah, actually what... This is this is a difference between being the victim of of not having enough time to actually being healthily responsible and saying this is how I choose to spend my time. Yep. This is how I choose to invest my heartbeats in every moment of every day. Yep. And a lot of our choice is is habitual, or it's driven by an assumption. It's this unconscious assumption that's running for us that if I don't do this, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so if I don't say yes to my boss, you know, I'm not going to get that promotion or I might get made redundant or I'm, you know, he's going to think I'm not doing my job properly or I'm not a capable person. All those things can flood in different ones for different people. And so we compromise ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And what what comes to mind when we're speaking about this is actually sometimes the result can be the actual opposite of that, is that we actually gain more respect from the other party and we actually are seen to be of higher value because we are setting ourselves boundaries. And I suppose the same thing can be related to children. If you tell your, if you give your, your child, you know, the reason why they can't do this today because you can't do it for whatever reason, but you'll say maybe we'll do it on the weekend or whatever, and you negotiate in a way, they might respect you more. It's absolutely right. And from a child's perspective, and I, I know this per- personally uh, with my own boys, they want boundaries. Mm. Boundaries is, is safety, but it's also being clear about the boundaries are going to change as your child grows and transitions. Sure. And and so it, it's about... Um, 
we get ourselves into sticky situations as parents when we say yes or when we avoid saying no when, you know, you've had enough um, uh, time on that, um, you've had enough screen time. Yep. Um, and so what happens is our kids go, well, this is okay. And so what we're doing is actually, well, we're, um, we're creating an expectation. Um, uh, so, so the kid's going to say, well, this is okay. Whereas I'm saying, well, actually, it's not okay, but maybe there's something inside me that's fearing conflict. Maybe there's something inside me that's going, well, if I address this, then I've got to be consistent and I've got to actually spend time being consistent and yeah. honouring that boundary. So true, so true. Love it. So we've kind of touched on awareness, creating boundaries. Um, any other tips people can use to reclaim their power in a way? Yeah, it, it's, um, I, it's, I was kind of speaking to it a little bit beforehand, but, um, you know, it, it, awareness is a really big one and then it's practice. I mean, yeah. you know, I talked about letting go of that judgment. We've got a really big inner critic. We can really doubt ourselves and our actions sometimes and it's, you know, sometimes we look to the outside world for the answer mm -hmm. rather than sitting and inquiring for ourselves. And so what I often encourage a lot of parents to do is to is to sit with that inquiry about, well, what is right in this moment? Because stepping into our power is about not what's been right for us in the past, not what we think is going to be right in the future, but actually it's in this moment what is yeah. right action. Yep, that's right. And as you said before, during our lives, priorities change, things change. So self-awareness is key so we can continue to monitor what we need yeah. at different times in our lives. Yeah, and then it's actually taking that first step to challenge our assumption. Mm -hmm. And so the assumption might be if I, if I tell Johnny, you know, screen time's enough, he's going to have a tantrum or we're just going to have an argument, there's going to be conflict. Yep. And so it's actually starting to challenge the assumptions and say, is this true? Just because I've had a past experience of this, yeah. is this really true? And is it going to be the end of the world if it does happen? Yeah, exactly. Am I going to, you know, let's see if I can cope with this. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so, so that's that's testing our testing our big assumptions, testing what we, you know, the the we call them our competing commitments, those beliefs that we had. Yeah. If we want to create the change we make, uh, there's a belief um, that if we do that, we're going to step into our fear. This zone is going to be something unsafe happen for us. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, this stuff is so common sense when you think about it. It's just basically setting expectations. Well, it is. It's a setting agreements. Yeah. It, it, it's at the end of the day, um, you know, we can have agreements with our kids. And even from a really, really young age, one of the practices we can start to engage to, to enact healthy responsibility for ourselves and our children and grow that self-sufficiency um, is to have agreements, to give our children choice. Yep. Now, the choices might be limiting when we're, um, it's like, which vegetable do you want to eat? Carrots or beans? But then, you know, as we grow older, and I know for my children, um, 
it's okay. Let's, I know you want your, your screen time. I know that's how you engage with, with your friends and you know that you've got homework commitments and you've got, you know, sport commitments. So how are you going to work this? What, what's mm-hmm. going to work for you? Yep. And so we gradually, as they, as they grow um, and become more independent, we want to, we want to, um, we want to foster that independence. We don't want to foster that neediness. We actually want to support them to make their own decisions and then hold them to accountable to that. Yep. Love it. Yep. So true. I mean, all this stuff, as I mentioned, it seems so common sense, but it just gets lost maybe because of emotion and our own baggage and our own preconceived ideas, and our own upbringing and whatever else. But, yeah. You know, this is real just common sense when you think about it. It is, and at the same time, it can be it, it can be a difficult path to tread, a challenging mm. and a vulnerable path to yeah. tread, because um, it can be a vulnerable experience to see um, what we've not seen. Yeah. It can also, you know, so we start to feel the discomfort of that, but then what what goes beyond that is actually a sense of freedom, a sense of I can actually do something about this and that's me fully stepping into my power. And when we do this, when we actually start stepping into our power as parents, we automatically uh, facilitate our children to do the same because we are role modelling it. We role model it in our language. 100%. We start using language of choice. I can, I could, rather than the language of restriction, of limitation, which is I must and I should, instead yeah. of putting rules around ourselves. I like it. I like it. Yeah, we, we use um, choiceful language and our children learn it too. Yeah, and they learn from the body language, they learn from demeanour, they learn from everything, all those other mm-hmm. subtle hints yeah. that are not verbal as well. It's so true. They are the great observers, Darren. Yeah, oh, I mean, absolutely. Human beings are made to, 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 to absorb from one another. Especially at such a young age when their personalities are developing. Um, you know, the first 2,000 days of a child's life are the most critical in terms of their, their um, physical, their, their social, their emotional, their mental development. Wow. And this is often the most stressful time for us as parents because, you know, we're transitioning maybe back to work. Um, our kids might be transitioning from daycare to school. Yep. Okay? There can be relationship challenges. Absolutely. And um, yet we're, what, what we're doing every moment of the day is we're role modelling to that young, the first 2,000 days of that person. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, continue, continue. Yeah, so, so, so one of the um, frames that I bring to parenting is that as parents, we are the most influential leaders yep. on this planet. We really are. Um, because we are leading and nurturing our next generation, I mean, I'll be sitting in an aged care facility, hopefully not, but, you know, I'm, I'll be, I'll be um, old uh, and wise and, um, you know, the, the babies of today will be uh, prime ministers and leaders of this country. And the job that we do as parents today will pave the success for our planet and people in wow. the future. So it's yeah. deeply, deeply meaningful and, and, and important work. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'd love to hear more about your program, the Parents Leading Program. Tell us more about that. Right. So this is a program that I've been curating over the last six months. Um, it's, uh, it's a program that I'm currently piloting before I take to the public, which I'm going to be doing in July. Uh, the Parents Leading Program is all about supporting parents uh, and developing parents as leaders in family and work. Nice. So um, it really is empowering parents with self-leadership leading and supporting themselves and so it's an eight-week program that has um eight eight specific modules embedded into it and one of those modules is specifically what we've talked about today stepping into our power enabling establishing healthy boundaries um so it's an online interactive live program and i've created the online experience because i do recognize um, as parents, we kind of need to have that, that level of flexibility. Yep. So it's 90 minutes a week over eight weeks. We come together. I create uh, a supportive learning community uh, of parents. So, you know, the space that we create for each other is really, really important. So we have a lot of, you know, ways of relating around that. Uh, we do a lot of interactive group work um, discovery sessions. Um, and so really what I start with, there, there are four key aspects to the program. Um, so what I start with first is supporting people to get clarity, right? So clarity on maybe a big, we take a parenting challenge that they're having, uh, clarity on where they are now um, and what's getting in their way and where they want to be instead. And so then as part of that process of clarity, we um, can start to give them more certainty around the step-by-step -step processes that they can start to um, give uh, implement to make the change that they want to see for themselves. And so that enables parents to, to kind of move towards consistent action uh, as opposed to the inconsistent action where, you know, they're not sure they're... Um, and, and they're literally giving away their time and energy through that. So starts with clarity, then it goes into ownership. And that's really what we've been talking about today. So ownership is stepping into power, our power, establishing healthy boundaries for ourselves, nice. learning to meet our own needs and get back our time and energy. And a question that I ask there, this is a, quest, a good question for anyone, is how much time do you spend in a day, in a month, in a week, in a month, uh, doing things for others uh, when they're perfectly capable of doing those things for themselves? Oh, what a great question. Yeah. And so they're the sort of things that you can start putting on your not-to-do list because others are capable and you'll be amazed at how much time our parents can get back just from that one little simple wow, action. I love it. I love it. So enabling healthy responsibility. And then the, the third one is really about, it's about relationships and connection and it's all around resourcefulness. So it's, it's really about the emotional awareness that I spoke to earlier when we learn to regulate and, and understand ourselves through our emotional experience. We role model that for our children. Um, we learn to bring more resourceful um, um, 
responses to stressful situations or situations as parents um, instead of reactive, instead of reacting from our habituated um, way of being. Because we've got awareness, we can choose how we want to respond in any given situation. So we look at, you know, managing conflict positively. Um, we, look we look at our relationship with anxiety and, and, and gaining calm under pressure um, experiences right. and so that is really about enriching our relationship with ourselves and and with others as well and then the final piece is confidence the confidence to back ourselves you know 100% as parents uh, to let go of self-doubt and to step into that uncertain space to 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 take small risks to create the change and test the test our assumptions yeah. um, you know the ones that that uh, have a saying yes when we want to say no. Absolutely. Those and, sort of things. And the way to build confidence is just, I suppose, to just start small and just try and, and, and test, test and test. Yeah, and also um, let go of let go of those beliefs I, I can't fail. Mm -hmm. Let go of, of the perfectionistic beliefs and you know, a lot of what we do is focus on outcomes rather than the process itself. And that's where you know, we have these lofty expectations um, of ourselves. And so, as I mentioned before, the confidence comes through self-efficacy and that comes through empowerment and that comes through enacting, you know, healthy healthy responsibility. Awesome. And, I mean, I love this. Just the fact that parents can learn all these things and if the kids are seeing parents do this, they will learn so much by proxy they will learn it and and what i notice is the language i use my children use too yeah. <laughs> so um if i say to my 13 year old what's your perspective on this <laughs> Love it. and he says to me mom what's your perspective on this and so it, it the ways that we engage and 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 with our children they get engaged that back and a great example is listening yeah you know, I see so many Facebook posts of how do I get my child to listen? You know, how do you, how do you get your child to listen? Well, you, well you, the only way you'll get your child to listen is to, to deeply, deeply listen to them. And the only way you can do that is to first and foremost be listening to yourself. Yeah. Because when you've got your shit in the way uh, while you're trying to listen to someone, you're not really listening. No, yeah. And it's, love it. It just creates the environment for proper exchange and proper attention. Yes, and that's and that's where connection is created. Mm -hmm. Deep, deep connection. Yep. Um, and that connection is sustainable, long-lasting connection. And that's where when when a child feels listened to, that in itself creates self-sufficiency, creates oh, absolutely. confidence. Incredible. I mean, this stuff is it, it's so far-reaching when you think about the effects of these simple things that we do. What it actually does in the upbringing and the confidence and the capability of the next generation. Yes, and 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 here's the thing too: we often don't see those small things. Mm -hmm. We look for the big results, but actually, it's those small, small steps and oh, and all of them that they're the most important things. If we can count the little things along the way, that's what makes the difference. Yeah, so true. And the kids really remember the little things. Absolutely. Yeah. So do the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I love it. So, and I mean, how do people find out about you and your program if they want to learn more? So um, there's there's a couple of places that people can go to. They can go to, I have um, a Facebook page called Parents Leading. Great. Okay. And I also have a Facebook page called Red Leaf Studio. So I have started um, my Parents Leading program under Parents Leading. Sounds confusing, but... <laughs> That's where it is. Um, I also have a website, uh, redleafstudio.com.au and parentsleading.com. Okay. And you can find me on LinkedIn under Anne Cotterell. Beautiful. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well. So please do look me up. Uh, if you want to find out about uh, the parenting program, the Parents Leading Program, it's all on the website. Um, just uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to chat. Awesome. Does that run every at a certain time every quarter or how does, how does that actually work? So I'm looking to run it quarterly and the next, uh, the next program will run in July. Okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Well, and thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's great to be able to tackle different types of topics every now and again. And this is fascinating to me. Um, I've always been fascinated by human behavior, human interaction, and you know, all the stuff we're talking about is just as important or is important for kids and parents as well. You know, this is all a part of our self-development, really. Absolutely. It, it certainly is. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to explore yep. um, when we choose courage over comfort, hey. Yep, I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, is there anything that you want to leave us with before we finish up? I'd just like to say thank you so much for um, the opportunity to chat with you. I've really enjoyed it, Darren. Oh, thank um, you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. So everybody out there, I hope you've, you know, found this as fascinating as I have. And if you're interested in what we discussed, please check out Anne's website and all the other websites, which I'm going to put in the show notes for you all and the links. Check out her program. And I'm sure that you'll be hearing plenty more from Anne in the near future. Beautiful. So, um, everybody, thanks again. We'll see you very, very soon for another episode. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Darren, for having me. Pleasure and bye for now. Bye.